0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, Adam, I know that you're crazy pumped. You got NBA playoffs happening. More importantly, though, Jacob deGrom uh, looks completely fine when it comes to uh, talking injury.
1: So far, so good. You know, you want to make sure that he can get through five, six innings and be fine, but uh, back on the mound here on Wednesday night, three scoreless innings, no hits, no walks, eight Ks. But ERA down to 0.54 and one for one with an RBI now hitting 423 with six RBIs. He has six RBIs and he's allowed four earned runs on the season.
0: (laughs) You know, that's my favorite stat to analyze.
1: Well, you know, no, you got it. You got to give it up now. We're here on June 16th. What am
0: I, what do I'm giving? What am I giving up?
1: You act like that's a ridiculous stat. It's insane. Jacob DeGrom has put so many stats out there. Offense is so hard to come by. Your Glaber Torres has fucking three home runs in yeah. June. DeGrom has more RBIs than that, and he's a fucking pitcher, and he's but allowed it's, four or runs in June 16th. A meaningless.
0: It's a meaningless stat, especially in fantasy. Well, like, it doesn't I'm not matter. talking
1: for fantasy. Okay, every stat doesn't have to be fantasy, right? It doesn't. It doesn't have like,
0: to be fantasy but even in reality the fact that he's got more RBI than he's given up uh, earned runs is just it's a, it's a testament to what kind of a pitcher he is he's an amazing pitcher it's ridiculous how good of a pitcher he is it's insane the fact that every once in a while he can like swing a decent bat is irrelevant to it like it's just it's it's irrelevant no, he's it's not just, I mean, we're goes- not talking about like clutch moments here or, or what I'm just saying that Let's focus on the fact that he's an amazing pitcher well, without we already,
1: this. We already know that I don't understand why you're nitpicking this for a guy's hitting 423. It just goes to show what a great athlete he is. It's just he's accentuating a, he's a everything athlete, he's doing. You know
0: what? This is he wasn't even supposed to be a pitcher. Be more impressed with the fact that what he's doing is a pitcher. The dude played shortstop his entire career growing up.
1: But well, we already we already know he's a great pitcher. He's done this for so long. And what he's doing now is amazing, but you cannot tell me that. He has more RBIs than earned runs on June 16th isn't a phenomenal stat.
0: Um you know what maybe maybe Mike Hampton would have done that if he wasn't pitching in Colorado. He was a great hitter.
1: There's been a lot of guys that have hit. You know how hard it is in the baseball right now. He's hitting 423. You know what I'm saying? Like he's I know hitting exactly 423.
0: You know exactly what you're saying. We'll worry about DeGrom's hitting stats at the end of the season. I just want him to focus on pitch. If if I had my druthers, he wouldn't even hit. I don't want to see uh, pitchers in in the batter's box. Oh, it I agree. I doesn't matter not, to me. But
1: there's just nothing we
0: th- can do now. No, there's nothing we can do now. But I mean, uh, I can't wait till this CBA argument is uh, is finally settled and they re and they reset it because the fact that that it the universal DH was not used because. They wanted to use it as a bargaining chip in the CBA negotiations is, is just a travesty, just an outright travesty.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I mean, it's better if they don't hit. We have enough injuries as is. We've had a couple of pitchers get hurt this year, running the bases, swinging the bat, just needed to come to an end. And we're seeing offenses hard enough to come by. So, yeah, at this point, just go with the universal DH.
0: Please. Please, like I'm not, I'm not asking for much, but I mean, we have we've seen pitchers, uh, you know, get banged up, and it is ah, uh, especially it's it, it becomes such a weight. Way- like you know what? Remember, uh, I mean, Chin Ming Wong. He wasn't a big strikeout pitcher, but he was just he was a good pitcher with a lot of upside to him, and he was you know running the bases. And, oh no, and,
1: I got uh, bad news though. What? de uh, Degrom went to the tunnel, and it looks like Reed Foley is warming up. Come
0: on, you suck, dude! You suck. You
1: think I like this? You think I want to see this shit?
0: Three innings, eight strikeouts, three perfect innings. Fifty-one pitches, Ugh. thirty-six for strikes. Fifty-one pitches and three innings is a little bit much for. De- it's a lot for Degrom.
1: Um, I, a little bit. But, yeah, because I, I, I was getting food and I was listening on the radio, so he had one at bat where it, a guy was fouling some pitches off. Um, but, man, this is – oh, man. Yeah, they apparently SMY showed DeGrom going straight to the clubhouse after the third inning, and they said he looked uncomfortable after the 1-1 pitch to Sogard. Oh, man. Well, that just – <laughs> fucking sucks, dude. Oh uh, so my. Now, and now you know what's going to happen. Oh, what's wrong with the Mets? Why did they put him out there? You knew this was going to happen.
0: Well, I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I
1: did ask that question as well. Um, but does it change your mind when you see him go three innings, eight strikeouts, no well, walks, you, no you hits? Look
0: and you're like, wow, that's that's amazing that he's doing it. And it's great to have, you know, great to see. But, you know, I mean he's do, he's only he, he pitched the 3 innings and that's it. I I I didn't draft him as a middle reliever. The Mets didn't give him, you know, a contract to be a middle reliever. So 3 innings is not enough and if 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 they just if they brought him back, you know, too early, didn't give him like an extra, you know, some extra time off just to rest everything and see what's going on and see how he feels, like that, I mean, him coming out obviously has to stir that pot. I mean, the Mets, the Mets were obviously confident in the fact that he did, but the question is: Is do you err on the side of caution? How important is that one win for you versus losing him for the rest of the season? Especially when you see all these other pitchers going down, dude. All of these pitchers going down, even even though the the mediocre ones like Brady Singer left today's start after three innings with with shoulder stiffness. So. You know, do you err on the side of caution or not? You obviously you think you don't think you need to err on the side of caution. No, I,
1: I do. I see. I think it's it's tough because we don't know what the discussions were with the medical staff in Degrom. I mean, Degrom, if you listen to his press conferences, you know he's he's he knows his body really well. He was saying, "I know this is not an elbow injury. I've had elbow injuries before. This is not how it feels." So I think he's that type of pitcher where you are going to listen to what he says. I don't know what the training staff said and all that. Yeah. I mean, you probably say, you know what, just sit out a start just in case. But then when you see him go out and dominate like that, he clearly was fine. And then we got to see what, what they're saying happens. So, yeah, I mean, I'd rather them say, you know what, it's a long season. We're doing well, you know, skip a start, which they did. Well, yeah. And he's already been on the injured list once, which they did the first time.
0: Right. And, and that didn't that didn't cause any any big problems to err on the side of caution the first time. So so why not do it again now? Listen, I get it. You know, people know their own bodies and, and athletes should be in tune with themselves. But when was the last time an athlete properly diagnosed himself? Right. Athletes are competitive. They're going to want to be out there anyway. So he's going to, you know, he's going to tell you he's fine. He's not, you know, I mean, that's that's a problem. You know, show me the medical degree that, that DeGrom had. Show me, you know, all the film and the MRI and the x-rays and everything like that. And have DeGrom interpret all that for me and tell me where, you know, where the problem could be coming from and why you don't need that day of rest. How you feeling, Jacob? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I, I think I can go out there and, and do it. Of course he's going to say that. That's why you love a Jacob Degrom because he wants to be out there. Sometimes you got to save these athletes from themselves.
1: Well, I'm sure the training staff cleared him. I mean, again, I don't know what all the details were, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it sucks.
0: Yeah, it really sucks. Really sucks. Um, yeah, damn. Fuck, I've got a team that I just lost glass now. Now I lost fucking DeGrom on that team. I mean, that is shit. That's my uh that's that's a that's my money league, too. Son of a bitch. That is no bueno, dude. That is no bueno.
1: Yeah, man. It's one of those years, man, where the entries just continue to pile up and it's happening to everyone. So you just gotta persevere, man. <clears throat> uh
0: Yeah, I know what I got to do. I don't want to do it, though, man. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Why does God hate me so much? Maybe we should just do an entire podcast on why God hates me so much.
1: Okay, we can schedule that. Do
0: you believe in God, Adam? Yes. Okay. So why does he hate me so much? You must have done some terrible things in your past, young man. I know, right? I mean, really, past lives, there must have been some shit that went down.
1: Well, you can't. Ju- <laughs> Imagine using that to judge your fantasy teams. <laughs> well, I got 10 fantasy teams, eight are grade and two suck. Why does he hate me on these two?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What, what is it about it? You know, why, why are you taking away DeGrom in a money league, but you're just, I'm, I'm doing real well in the host league. When there's nothing on it,
1: yeah, that's uh, one of those things. Well, so I, I
0: ask you the question again, Adam: Why does God hate me? I haven't figured that out. Do you think that I'm a nice guy? I plead the
1: fifth. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I do.
0: Am I a hard worker? Yes. Do I do I try to mentor younger people in the industry properly? Yes. Uh, am I dedicated? Am I loyal? I don't know if you're loyal. Uh, you could be cheating on me. I have no idea. I've been with Fantasy Alarm for ten years, dude. A true decade. Why does God hate me, Adam? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, are you saying a Fantasy Alarm hasn't been good to you? <laughs> I
0: was, I was, I was hoping that you were just going to be like, well, that's life, Howard.
1: <laughs> That's life, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. well, uh, Brian Ambos just texts me. What happened? I'm like, I don't know yet. He goes, fuck. Three innings, eight Ks. I sit for dinner and bam, I hate baseball.
0: Oh, so it's Ambrose's fault because he walked away from the game to go eat dinner with his family.
1: I, I don't Good. know. He, sure. I, I don't know if he was watching. Ed from the Bronx is at the game, texting me pictures. Oh, thanks a lot, Ed, for blame the wrongs. He's, he's a Cardinals fan going to the Mets game.
0: You know, I mean, listen, it, it doesn't matter how much I, I hate a team or anything like that. If you get the opportunity to watch a pitcher like Jacob deGrom, like that's just, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, I feel the same way about like musical artists, that if you have the opportunity to see an icon, and I don't give a shit, it doesn't matter if it's Celine Dion uh, Barbara Streisand, uh, The Who, The Rolling Stones, uh, you know, Papoos. You pick your favorites, you know, from anything. If you have the opportunity to see an icon like that, you have to do it. And I, I feel the same way in sports that, you know, if if Mike Trout comes to your town and he's playing, you have to go to a game and, and see him. If Jacob deGrom is pitching uh, and you have the opportunity to go to that game, you go and you watch.
1: Oh, I agree. I would go to any baseball game. I, you know, if I'm in a city visiting, I go. I went to Miami years ago. I went to visit my sister in Colorado, went to Coors Field. I've driven to Philly to see a game. Uh, Camden Yards, Boston. I'll go to see any baseball game, especially to see a stadium. My friend was like, man, remember that time we went to the Marlins game? They were playing the Dodgers, and there's hardly anyone there. You just scream out, let's go, Mets. And people are looking at you like you're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to start a let's go Mets chain at a Marlins game. Uh why not? Gotta represent wherever I go. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll see anyone. But yeah, when you have I mean DeGrom, yeah, it's it's a huge ticket now to see him pitch. You get to tell people that you got to see him pitch in person. Oh, right shoulder soreness is right shoulder
0: soreness. Yeah. See? This is um this is this is the first of three conversations. Right now, this is actually the second of three conversations where they say that he's done for the year. Oh, please don't say that. Oh, you know? boy. They gave him the IL stint, and he came back, and everything seemed fine. And then he, he he struggles. He leaves a start. They they say, well, how you feeling? He says, I'm okay. I'm fine. So they let him start again. And now he leaves that one again early here. Uh Yeah. Now
1: it's now now let's yeah, get them. You're you're gonna hear the medical view play. Well, that's what happened when you have your side soreness and then the flexor tendon. Now you put too much pressure on your shoulder, and that's why it happened. hear. Yeah, of course,
0: do. it's just because because your hip bone's connected to your thigh bone. Your thigh bone's connected to your knee bone. Your knee bone's connected to your shin bone. I mean, it's all it's it's definitely all connected. But the problem is, is that it's constant. And, uh, you know, listen, they'll, they'll take x-rays and they'll do an MRI and they'll be like, we see no structural damage whatsoever. OK, great. I'm going to come out. I'm going to make my next start then. Oh, are you? Are you, Jacob? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so I, you, I know you know what I'm saying. I know you hate what I'm saying, too. The dudes
1: had a back injury this year, a side injury, elbow and shoulder soreness. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's wait till the forearm tightness happens next.
1: Nah, I think he's going to be shut down for a bit. Yeah, probably. Got, got to pray that it's not serious and he can come back before the end of the year. <sighs> well, yeah, baseball's going to turn? It, baseball's going to turn into the NBA. Healthiest team left is going to win. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. That is definitely what it's going to be. It's uh, it's kind of funny, man. <laughs> Oh, who's going to stay healthiest right now? I don't know. You know, and I'll tell you, man, you know who started all this nonsense, Adam? The White Sox, dude. Right? The White Sox losing Eloy, Lewis Robert. Oh, yeah, we can still win without those guys. No big deal. No big whoop, right? (sighs) And they do. And they're sitting there and they're winning. And so now everybody's everybody's doing it. All the top guys are going to be out of hurt. Pretty much. Pretty much every team, though, has significant injuries. Yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, nobody's escaping it. And listen, I wrote, I wrote my article on on, on Buzzcuts talking about, you know, these guys. You know what the Verducci effect is, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So last year, Lance Lynn threw the most innings, right? Eighty four. Um. Right now, the leader in the in MLB is I think it's uh uh Bieber with like 94, 96 innings thrown already. Um the average pitcher right now is already like 10 to 15 innings over that, you know, or or, or right about that 30 inning limit. By the time that June ends all of these pitchers will have gone beyond the 30 innings that they threw and some in the minor leagues even even more so than that because there was no minor league system last year so i mean their arms are just not ready for you know for for this kind of heavy workload and the question is is where are we going to go for pitching in in major league baseball with all of these guys getting hurt and then with teams starting to protect players even more, because they're going to need them for the playoffs. Like, who's going to be who? Who are your fucking starting pitchers going to be? Where are you going to get them from? Like off the waiver wire,
1: minor league system. It's going to be disgusting. It is, man. I mean, that's we kind of knew this was going to happen, um, and that's why you just have to take whatever. These guys give you at this point. I mean, you could sit there and say, "Oh, trade them and trade them." Okay, great. What are you going to get for them? Everyone's aware of it, and then right, right. <laughs> that's the problem. It's like it's easy to sit here and say, "Well, just trade all these guys. Trade Rodon. Trade Trevor Rogers." Okay, what are you getting for them?
0: Yeah, I don't think they're. You know, everybody's everybody's in that same boat. I mean, it's like you know, it's like when when you try to sell high on a guy who's having this amazing April, right? We we've, we've programmed all of our listeners and followers to understand the fact that a hot start is going to cool off and you have to look at the quality of player and the pedigree and all of that stuff that goes with it, whether or not he can sustain it. If you didn't, you know, like you, you should have tried to sell your mean Mercedes at the end of April, right? But you didn't because you were thinking that you were catching lightning in a bottle with this late bloomer. No, I mean, it doesn't, it's that's not, you know, It very rarely works like that. So, but we've told everybody that. And so when you're sitting there in a league and people know who you are, well, chances are, they also know that your philosophy is, is that, you know, I'm going to try and sell high on this guy and, you know, find a sucker in my league. So they're like more cautious of it. Tough thing, man. It's tough that pitching is going to be pitching is going to be even more problematic,
1: I think, in the uh, in the coming months uh you have decent ratios now because they could get lit up yeah oh dude in the uh in the in
0: the host league i have my my team e r a is two eight seven all right my whip is one oh four all right the person who's right behind me in whip is one one is point one point one one so it's a nice little lead again uh, over him, not you know, phenomenal, but you know it's good, and I can sustain that. Um, the guy behind me in ERA is three 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 to my two eight seven. So I feel with the way pitching is going right now, I feel really good being in first place and whipping ERA with a little bit of a cushion too, um to you know, kind of prep for all this nonsense.
1: Yeah, in Towers, which is a fifteen-team league, I have a two eight seven ERA, a one point oh one WHIP. So those are both second in the league, second in strikeouts, um, third in wins. So I'm hoping I've you know I've gotten some really good pitches this year. Let's see, I have Woodruff, Lynn, Alcantara, Eflin, Montgomery, Freddie Peralta, Rich Hill, and Domingo Herman and Christian Abreu. Oh, that's Avier a great, that's a great group. Yeah. Um, and I drafted most of them, right? Yeah. Richel, I picked up off waivers and everyone else I drafted took wardrobe from round two, Lance Lynn and round four. So just holding, they can hold up. Um, I'm just uh second to last in saves. We got Lou Trevino is my only closer. I picked up Pete, Peter Fairbanks <laughs> this week, zero dollar bid. And then on Monday he gets a save. I'm like, you know how I said everything goes wrong in labor touts like the opposite. It's like, all right, tout <laughs> you know, things are going right. Labor is just the complete opposite. It's amazing because let me see. I, I know I moved out of the basement, but maybe I went back in. Um, no, I'm in uh ninth place. Amazing. I'm I'm like actually somewhat happy I'm in ninth place. What is fucking wrong with me? I would never that's how bad this fucking league has been. Oh, I don't even want to look.
0: <laughs> and I have
1: to grom in that one too. Oh, Unbelievable. That was at least a trade piece. Yeah. Forget about it now.
0: <laughs> wah, wah. Oh man. All right. Um, I tell you what, it's perfect time here to uh to thank our, our sponsors and pay our bills and uh give you a quick commercial break. On the other side, uh Adam and I are gonna check in on the NBA. We're gonna talk about uh where the liens were uh on uh on on Wednesday night game and where they ended up and how we're uh, how we're looking right now and then of course we will take a look ahead for you know for uh, for well for you guys for tonight for uh, Thursday night uh, NBA action throwing some bets down so uh, we'll be right back after this. All right, Adam, let's uh, let's talk NBA. Let's talk the best bets. We will talk the leans. Um, You know, uh why don't you uh why don't you refresh everybody's memory? Um, we'll start off with the um with the the Hawks Sixers because they're they're going right now. Sixers are up uh 15 points. Uh your lean was I believe it was sixers minus six, right? Is that where it was?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I didn't write it up because I was just worried about MB's health. Um Uh But he clearly he dominated in the first quarter. He had 17 points, eight of eight from the field. So it looks like he's fine. Uh, I was also because Doc Rivers, the coach of the Sixers, ripped into his team after game four. And I was like, okay, they're going to come out strong at home. They're the better team. Said it yesterday. They're just a better team. Atlanta got fortunate to win game four. Whereas more Philly blew that game. Atlanta shot 36 percent from the field. And once again, they're struggling. Uh, So not surprised by this. It's not over. They could come back. But yeah, I leaned Philly. To win this game and cover, I was just I didn't write it up because I just wasn't sure in case Embiid wasn't 100% because he shot four of 20 in game four at 12 in the second half and couldn't even spring off his knee to get a layup. And he mentioned it. But you know what? He's come out, made a statement tonight. So good for him. Now, Wednesday was an insane day. in The NBA Walk up and I see Chris Paul is in COVID-19 protocol. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now, we don't know if he tested positive yet any of that stuff. So this could be, all right, he's ready, or maybe he's out 10 to 14 days, which obviously would bleed into the Western Conference Final. Then, I believe I said it on this podcast yesterday, did I say that I was worried about Kawhi Leonard's knee?
0: Yes, you did. I asked you, it was Utah minus two. I asked you about the the line there and what you thought, and that's the first thing that you said, was I'm really worried about Kawhi's knee and what his status is going to be for the game.
1: No one was talking about it. And I'm just like, did you guys not watch this game? Like he sat the last four minutes and you knew he wasn't coming back in. He sat on the bench and put on his mask. Now, maybe people were like, well, you know, the game was in hand. I mean, the Clippers were, I mean, the Jazz were coming back. I don't remember what they cut it to. Maybe nine, maybe is the closest they got. But they were coming back in that game. Like it was one of those games where you're like, oh, it's over. But the Jazz kept chipping away and they were alive. And all the other starters for the Clippers were on the floor, and Kawhi wasn't. They interviewed him after the game, and of course, they waited till the last question. They're like, "Oh, Kawhi, how's your knee?" He's like, "I'm good," and left. I'm like, I don't think he's good. And then we woke up today. Kawhi Leonard is out with a right knee injury, and now there's some talk that it could be ACL, and he's out indefinitely. And that completely changes the complexion of this series. Now the line shifted, and uh, it went to Utah minus eight. Yeah. Uh, we'll- Kawhi Leonard out and I don't see how the Clippers win this series without Kawhi Leonard. There's no I just don't see it. The guy was putting in 30 points a game, his defense, and now you're relying on Paul George and Paul George has had his ups and downs and takes some beating um because there's times where he doesn't come through and the two games in Omi was phenomenal, 31 points in each game, but now he's got to carry this team. He's got to do what Kevin Durant did on Tuesday night, and that Kevin Durant performance was one of the best performances you will ever see in the history of the NBA. He played every single minute, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. He carried his team to victory. That was an epic performance. Uh, and to play every minute after tearing your Achilles two years ago, tremendous. And Paul George is going to have to do that for the Clippers, and I don't I don't think he can to that level. Um, so it's amazing how the odds have shifted every single day. It's just, yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone, like uh, Jamal Murray tweeted it out today. He's like, so I guess the healthiest team's going to win. And then LeBron interestingly, uh, you know, was saying some stuff about this with the injuries here. Uh, let me see if I can find the the tweet here. It was like a four part thread. He's like, They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries aren't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure R.I.M. rest right before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, most in the league history. This is the best time of the year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players. It's insane. If there's one person that knows about the body and how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of all our players and I hate to see this many injuries this time of the year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys are seeing all of your favorite guys right now. And he also said, all and I know it's all about the business side to factor. So I don't don't even try me. I get it.
0: I mean, how, how do you feel about that? That's I mean, to me, it's uh, it, it it sounds like LeBron is uh, is dead on that. They rush the start of the season. They they instead of doing it, you know, on Christmas Day, like they plan, they, they push it to the, the start of the month. Uh, to make that happen. They didn't have enough of a, of an off season to rest themselves. And, you know, I mean, and, and it's LeBron calling out the NBA for kind of pushing this whole thing. So, you know, I mean, where do you, uh, where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's probably true. I mean, again, it's the same goes back to the discussion we had with baseball, right? I mean, baseball couldn't really do anything, but when you go from 60 to 162, especially with pitchers, I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen. And, uh, in basketball, you're seeing it. And, like I heard someone make a comment the other day like, oh, LeBron is not really hurt. He doesn't. I'm like, you, do, I'm not even going to have a discussion with you. You don't know basketball. I get it. People have disdain for LeBron for various reasons, whether it's the comparison to Jordan or his politics, whatever it is. Throw that shit to the side. Don't ever fucking question him as a player. This guy's been in the league since 18 years old, has made a deep postseason run. He's never been this guy to sit here with the load management. You know he plays. He's hardly hurt. It's like two times in the last three years he's been hurt. That's it. He doesn't miss games. He had the groin injury a couple of years ago, and then this year he got hurt. He's right. He knows what it takes to care for his body. Now he's fortunate. He has so much money. I think I heard he spends about a million dollars a year just on maintenance on his body. And obviously, everyone can't do that. But he understands that his body is the vehicle and tool of to his success. Which would annoy me about some athletes who don't take it seriously and around out drinking and partying all the time. I mean, they can do what they want, but, you know, the, the great players understand that, the Kobe Bryants and all that. But LeBron James has never been one to sit out games for load management. He plays all the time. So he would know. And the fact that he got hurt this year, you could also say, well, he's 36 years old and it's catching up. That's also a factor. But, right. you know, the two teams that went to the finals in the NBA bubble last year had injuries, Miami and the Lakers, Anthony Davis. Although you could say with Anthony Davis, he's always hurt. It could have been a... Long off season, he was going to get hurt, and I will say, yes, you are correct there. Um, but Miami had injuries across the board; they also hit with COVID, so it does suck though because now it's like, all right, who's the healthiest team? And even though the Nets aren't, there's now they're now the favorite again to win the title.
0: <laughs> the Nets are not the most healthy team, and they're still the favorites. Well, I mean, what James, the, uh... Harden,
1: James Harden was on what playing on one leg yesterday.
0: Where, where, are the, uh, where, where are the updated odds here? What am well, I looking? tweeted
1: this out earlier. This was from FanDuel Sportsbooks. So I don't know if it changed again, but uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I tweeted it out, out like earlier today, probably in the afternoon sometime. Oh, come on. Why can't I find it now?
0: Team uh, Futures. Western Conference winner. I don't even see Eastern Conference winner. Western Conference. Well, this is
1: to win, to win the NBA title. This was FanDuel Sportsbook. Nets plus 200. Jazz plus 240. Suns plus four eighty, Sixers plus 60, 650, Bucks plus seven fifty, Clippers plus thirteen hundred. You talk about a fall, and the Hawks plus fifty five
0: hundred. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what happens uh, for sure. So, so let's let, let me ask you here about the Nets. So tomorrow night's game uh, status of Harden, status of Kyrie. Um, right now, the Bucks are favored by five and a half. So, I mean, you know, break it down for me uh, as far as, you know, could we see one of them back again? Are we going to try and push these guys into, uh, into, into being on the court and
1: uh, and what's your lean? Kyrie has been ruled out. So he's okay. not playing. Uh, I believe Harden's expected to play, but man, he's not a hundred percent, man. He shot one of 10 from the field and eight of those shots were three pointers. He's not healthy. Like Harden is one of the best players at driving to the basket and drawing fouls, he didn't do it. He was settling for threes, and they were short. They were hitting the front rim. So he's not healthy, and he played 46 minutes, man. I was stunned by that. I'm like, really? So um, that hurts. Durant's not going to play 48 minutes again. There's no way. You can't. Not when you have, you know, depending on how the game goes, you might have a game seven Saturday in Brooklyn. So he's not playing 48 minutes. Jeff Green was amazing. That's the story that got lost. Everyone's talking about Durant, and rightfully so, because it was one of the best performances you'll see in the postseason. But Jeff Green was phenomenal for the Nets. He really kept them afloat when they were struggling early on. He had 27 points. It was his first game back from injury, seven of eight from three-point range. That was a big look for them. And Blake Griffin played well. But they're going to need other guys to step up. But Joe Harris has got to play better, man. Two of 11 from the field, five points. It's not going to cut it. Um, and you're not going to get that performance from Durant again. Maybe you get 35-40, but <laughs> tough to repeat what he did. You can't expect that. You can't expect Green to score 27 again. So um, it's going to be tough for the Nets to duplicate that. The Bucs, my concern is where are they at mentally? That's always been my big concern with them because they just have not had success in the postseason. And now you start to wonder if it creeps in their head again because they had a 17-point lead in this game. They should have put this game away. They played terrible down the stretch. Giannis settling for too many outside shots. Uh, I know he had two threes, but I don't want him taking threes if I'm the Bucs. Drive to the basket. You have an advantage inside the paint area against the Nets. So um, I'm not sure where I lean yet. I, I think the Bucs should win this game. They're at home, but I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. Because if they get off to a slow start, panic will sit say- in in self-doubt. So I'm kind of surprised the line is that high. They're like begging you to take the nets.
0: Um, They are big. Yeah. When I look at this, they are begging you to take the nets. You know, I mean, even, even with hardened status uh, going on there, it just feels like one of those lines where, you know, you just look at it and you're like, man, it's just, you know, could it, <laughs> You know, even if the Nets lose this game, they're going to keep it close, right? Of course they are. There's no way the Bucks win this one by six points. I don't Famous know. I mean, words.
1: I guess it's also the whole recency bias thing because we all remember how the Nets pulled the game out, but how did they get there? It took yeah. a, a historic performance from Durant. They got nothing from Harden. So if Durant scores 32 and Harden doesn't get better and Joe Harris doesn't start scoring, then you could see it You're like, OK, well, yeah, they could lose this game. You know, and Bucks obviously are going to be inspired by the home crowd. And they did have a 17 point lead in the last game. I mean, they were up 59, 43 at halftime. But I, when I saw that, I'm like, the Nets are in this game. They should have been up more. That's how bad it was. Like the Nets could not hit any shots at all. Um, and the Bucs should have been up more. They should have buried them. And made sure that they didn't have enough to come back from. Because when the third quarter started, I'm like, the Nets are in this game. They're not. They're not, It's not done. Like you know, when you have a guy like Durant and some of the players they have, and the way they can get offense quickly, it wasn't over. So, um, my guess is the Bucks probably win, and we go to Game Seven. You know what? In
0: all honesty, it's kind of what I want. Everybody loves a game seven, don't they? Oh, like, it yeah. doesn't matter what sport it is. Game sevens are always phenomenal. And always. Maybe
1: maybe someone um, will invite me to uh, Brooklyn on Saturday for game seven. Sure but, you know you what? I hope they do. I would go. I don't know what the yeah. protocols are, but I'll go. Yeah.
0: Hmm. That, would be, that would be absolutely tremendous. I wonder wonder if I got the, uh, any, any contacts with the Barclays people? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, can you cover, would you cover the game for us? Sure. There you go. We'll find out. Um, all right. Well, that, there you go. Check in tomorrow. Adam's probably got a prop better too that you're going to want to check out over at WagerAlarm.com. Uh, as always, Adam. Fantastic talking to you. Uh, more more appearances on podcasts and live streams beckons. Uh, and I know you've got your uh, your show tonight, uh, Alarm After Hours with Justin Fensterman. Uh, how's Fenstey doing, man? You giving him the business still?
1: Oh, dude, we got into a big dude. We got into a big argument on, and I'm going to give him shit tonight. Tuesday show, right? He goes, the Clippers are in control of this series. I said, Justin, how are you going to tell me the Clippers are in control of this series when it's 2-2 and two of the games are in Utah? And I brought up the Kawhi Leonard thing. He's like, I think they're in control. I'm like, so fucking bet on it then. Put our money on them to win the series. Well, I'm in Maryland, but I, I will. I'll find a way. Like, you're so confident, right? So I'm going to give them some shit. Like, you could say, I think the Clippers are going to win. You can't say they're in control of the series when it's 2-2 and two of the games on the road and... I, had, I guess he wasn't concerned about Kawhi, but I was. Yeah. So, oh yeah, we were arguing about it. So i to give him. Well, shit. yeah,
0: he's, he's gonna, like, you know, he's gonna turn around. You're gonna I give know. him shit for it, and he's gonna be like, "Well, I mean, this was before the Kawhi news." Yeah, I, mean, I, I know.
1: Knew. And I'm gonna be like, "Didn't I say that I was worried about Kawhi and no one was saying anything?" Oh, you might
0: have mentioned it, Adam. Yeah. But you know, I mean, <laughs> until I see the medicals.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But Utah better not lose this series now, man. They better not. That would be, like, there's no excuse now. I know they have no Mike Conley, and I thought they needed Mike Conley to win this series, but with no Kawhi, there's no excuse. They have two of the three games at home. Cannot lose this series, Utah.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Get some. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for uh, for tuning in to Annie Up. For Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender, and we'll catch you next time.